very good morning to you. I'm Howard Feldman. This is the Sunday Synthesis Podcast with me, Howard Feldman, and Dr. Anton Myberg. It is the 2nd of May, 2021. We do apologize. Actually, we don't apologize that we weren't available last week. Anton Myberg went fishing. Uh, we'll want to know from him what he caught, but uh, we also want to know, are we entering the third wave or not? Dr. Myberg, good morning. How are you? I see you're at the hospital this morning. Never a good sign. Never a good sign. Good morning. Nice to be back. Um, yeah, back at the hospital, back on call. There are plenty of questions about are we entering the third wave, and I think we'll, we'll cover that as we go along in the podcast. We're currently sitting on 152,856,506 cases worldwide, with 3.2 million deaths and 130 million cases resolved. The United States has 33 million cases with 590,000 deaths. India has 19.5 million cases with 215,000 deaths. And South Africa has 1,582,842 cases with 54,406 deaths and 1,632 new cases in the last 24 hours. And only 318,670 people have been vaccinated. Gauteng's numbers are slowly going up in hospitals. We have now got 1,314 patients in hospital with 304 in ICU and 124 ventilated. And the big cause of concern is the numbers that are going up in the Northern Cape, as well as some of the other small provinces. The average rolling day, seven-day average is greater than 5%, which is the first time it's been over this amount uh, since about the 1st of March. So we're heading in completely the wrong direction. All right. So uh, does it explain to me why that number of over 5% uh, over the last seven days is significant? It's basically showing us that the numbers are going up throughout the country. We're seeing, as I said, from the Northern Cape that the numbers are starting to escalate. Limpopo, Free State, as well as Durban, we're definitely seeing a raise in numbers. And these have been stable throughout the last few weeks. But now, since we've had these uh, April holidays and we've had uh, religious settings and religious events, as well as a few other events over the last two weeks, the numbers now are starting to catch up and starting to raise. All right. What uh, what does it look like in the hospital? I think the last time we spoke, we were at maybe 12 people in the hospital. What does it look like? We didn't chat last week, as I've mentioned, but uh, what does it look like now? So we're sitting on 19 in the hospital today. We've got two wards open. Um, the number of people that are sick are, are people that are extremely ill, young people, people being ventilated. So we're starting to see the rise of the escalation of severe cases that we saw during the second wave. We still don't know at this point whether it will be the same variant. We're kind of hoping it will be a, a different variant from the ray that it will be a lesser variant. But, you know, time will tell. You know, I suppose we've got to wait and see what the, the actual predictions will be. The academics have predicted that the actual peak of the third wave will be in the next two to three weeks. That means that the numbers are going to start rising and we do have to be careful and we do have to start looking after ourselves. We're seeing clusters in some of the schools. We're seeing a lot of people in the community now starting to manifest with symptoms and signs. We're seeing that solar numbers going up. So we're there. We're on the wrong direction and it's yeah. now time for yeah, us to take that hearing, responsibility. We are hearing from the schools of different groups and, and uh, from what I can see, the schools are handling this extremely well in that they are asking people within those clusters to isolate. Are people generally being respectful of that? Yes, I think well, from what I've heard, the people are following those rules. 
but as I said, once again, it boils down to responsibility and self-care, self-commitment for other people. You've got to follow the rules. Right. And how are we doing vaccine-wise in South Africa? Well, we're so far sitting on 318,000 people vaccinated. We have resumed the Sasanki trial. And uh, according to government, they are still full steam ahead to roll out phase two on the 17th of May. So we're hoping that they're going to fulfill their commitments as they've promised. Right. And at this stage, just to go through some of that information in terms of the different vaccines, the your preference and uh, everything that you're seeing, what are you comfortable with? At this point in time, I'm most comfortable with the Johnson & Johnson, the Moderna and the Pfizer. Those are the three vaccines that are the most stable and they've got the most data and sort of uh, information that we have comfortable with and have seen studies on them. I'm still not comfortable with the, the Sinovac and I'm still not comfortable with the Sputnik as of yet, but we wait for more information. I'd like to see more studies coming from a different country other than China regarding the Sinovac to see what that tolls and what it shows. Right. And, uh, and, and obviously that we can only do once you have the information. You can only give a, a, a educated view there. In terms of what we're seeing in India, that's obviously absolutely heartbreaking. It's devastating. The, it seems to be its own variant. What information are you receiving around this? So the Indian variant, which we know is the B1617 variant, which is now found in 17 countries throughout the world, um, you know, there were huge political rallies in India. There were religious meetings. There was a lack of responsibility. There were major super spreader events that have led to this basic dramatic escalation of numbers. The numbers are going from 300,000 to 400,000 people a day. The death rate is starting to increase. It's absolute havoc in the country. They've run out of oxygen. They've run out of medication. The world's trying their best to transcend supplies there but they can't meet the demands of what their requirements are. We've also heard now that uh, Israel has banned travel for Israeli citizens to seven different countries, including uh, India, South Africa, Brazil, Mexico, Turkey, uh, Ukraine. And that's because they say that the Indian, Brazilian, South African variants there, they're not sure if the Pfizer vaccine will give enough coverage against those variants. So we've got to look out for that and watch out for that. We know that the, the variant in Brazil, the P1 variant, is also appearing to be a much more transmissible variant, very much like we saw in our second wave here. It has 17 different mutations, including three different mutations of the spark protein. So we've got to watch out for this and we'll be very careful. And what does that mean in terms of the vaccine? So the reason being is that some tests detect antibodies to the spark protein. Now, what we know about the spike protein is that it's produced by a response to the viral infection or the vaccine. But if they check the other antibodies, which are produced due to the nucleocapsid protein, which is the N protein, this is only produced in response to the virus only. But it's important to know that some people are going to have a negative antibody test after they've been vaccinated. The problem with that is that the antibody test doesn't pick up your T cell response. And your T cell response is a major response which develops in lieu of you being vaccinated or of you being immunized, developing an immune reaction. And right. it's not manifested in these tests. And we're finding that the people who have got a good T cell response are the people that are managing to stay out of hospital and the people who are managing to not get the severe COVID-19 disease. 
Right. And can we talk about blood clots? Because although so, the numbers so, are low, I do think it's important to reiterate that. Yeah, I, I must be honest. I have to agree with you on that. You know, there's lots of people are, people are scared and people are nervous. And we know that the risk of blood clots with the AstraZeneca vaccine are four in one million. With the Johnson & Johnson, there are about eight in seven million people. There's a lot of bad press about blood clots. And they speak a lot about the cerebral venous sinus thrombosis. But what they're not discussing is that there's a much higher risk with birth control pools, with smokers, and even people with actual COVID. That 165,000 people per million people with COVID have a risk of developing clots and are developing clots with COVID. If you look at the risk for blood clots, the 18, 7 million, um, the statisticians can give you the exact number. It's 0.00008, something in that realm right, of, right. of the actual thing. And you've got to look at the risk versus benefit ratio. And if you look at that, that between 12 in every 100,000 people die every day in a car crash. So there's, it just makes no sense, but there's so much more hesitation mm. taking a vaccination than getting in your car. And for some reason, also what we've seen now is with the Sasanke trial, that breastfeeding women have now been excluded from the Sasanke vaccine trial, but not pregnant women. So, so go figure that. It makes absolutely no sense because we do know that the, the breastfeeding mother gives antibodies to the child. And we don't believe that breastfeeding is a high risk for clotting. So I think we just got to wait for them to actually come out with all the, the rules that they're making. But I don't see it being a reason. And I don't see it being something that you have to say you cannot get the vaccine because you're breastfeeding. Right. So at this stage, your view would be pregnant women and nurse feeding, uh, uh, nursing mothers, um, unless other information comes out, you would think that uh, they well, should. The, yeah, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology is in support of, of vaccinating um, all pregnant people as well as breastfeeding mothers. They obviously are speaking obviously about the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, right, um, right. not as much as the Johnson Johnson, but the devastating effect of a pregnant woman getting COVID disease it completely outweighs the risks of not having the actual vaccine itself. Right, right. And we certainly have seen, uh, maybe less so in South Africa, but in Israel, there were some terrible, terrible cases of pregnant women um, with, with COVID. The, uh, so, so, so the situation as well in South Africa, and one that I wanted to raise with you, is we're heading towards winter. I mean, I don't normally sound as husky and sexy as I know, as, as, as I do today. But, uh, but over the lot, are you pulling a face? Because that's really not necessary. Um, a lot of people find this extremely attractive. Uh, but either way, the over the last week, I had some kind of a, a, a flu, whatever it was. Uh, you said to absolutely, it's it's not COVID. You knew that, which which is one part of it I want to talk about. Because I have to be in studio and there are other people um, in sound control rooms, I went for a test just to be sure. My test is negative, um, thankfully, because because I don't know if I would want to deal with me with COVID. But, uh, but that aside... It's very, very confusing, unnerving, anxiety-provoking because we are seeing flu, we're seeing this type of thing happening. How do we know whether it is COVID, not COVID, to be careful? It would send our kids to school, not send our kids. I'm finding it very, very confusing. And if I do with access to you, I can only imagine how other people are, are struggling with this. Yeah, so I think that's a fantastic question. And, and that's our worry now going into this third wave is that there's going to be a lot of crossover between flu and between other respiratory viruses 
as well as COVID. And we're seeing a lot of, as we've spoken about before, a lot of the other viruses, like the adenoviruses, respiratory syncytial viruses, all these viruses that we didn't see last year because people were in lockdown. And we've now got to discern whether we think it's COVID or whether we think it's flu. And that's also where the connection comes in with a person having a good connection with their general practitioner or with their specialist who knows their yearly or their annual sort of pattern of how they get sick and when they get sick. In other words, if you get a snotty nose or if you get flu-like symptoms without the temperature, without losing your voice or without losing your sense of smell or sense of taste, without getting the diarrhea and the headaches, then you're more than sure that it's related to a flu-like illness unlike to the COVID-19 itself. You've also got to see how careful you've been if you've been exposed to people around you. And it brings into to play the whole point of having your flu vaccine, making sure everyone's vaccinated again around you so that you can try and prevent these other viruses from getting extremely on top of you. I mean, if you're not vaccinated with the flu vaccine and you do get severe influenza, A, then it's going to be very difficult to ascertain which one is causing it. At the end of the day, they're both highly transmittable viruses and they're both very much so that they can be contagious and you've got to be careful. And it's going to be a hard decision to decide whether or not to keep your kids at home or not, but you've got to follow the screening protocols from the schools and the protocols that are given across to you by your health practitioners about temperatures, about symptomatology, and try and discern the difference between the two together with your healthcare practitioners. But are you finding, and uh, I'm leading, it's a leading question, but uh, because I think I know the answer to it, aren't you finding that compared to last year, when we were pretty, when you were pretty new at this whole COVID thing, your experience with what COVID is presenting has given you a little bit more confidence in being able to say to somebody, look, I don't think this is COVID, but stay home and, uh, and let's just see how it goes. Yeah, we've definitely got a, an easier feel for the virus compared to last year, as you correctly say. You know, last year we were still extremely naive. I'm not to say that we're less naive now because we learn new things well, every day naive. with this virus and we, we, things cha- no, change. Was, no, well, there's a lot not necessarily. Times, you know, a lot of changes and there's a lot of variations no. and there's a lot of different mutations that can occur and things can present differently. But that being said, we know what the pattern essentially looks like and we know what to expect and we know how it's going to progress when we see it. So if you're dealing with these cases every single day and you're admitting patients to ICU and you're admitting patients to the wards, you've got a really good feel of of what it should be and what people are like and whether or not really is COVID. Every now and then you'll be caught out, which is, that's life, you know, but the majority of cases you'll be able to pick up saying that you're quite definitive. This is a COVID or a SARS-CoV-2 case and not an influenza case. We haven't really seen much of a spark of influenza A, influenza B, but that's also coming in the next few weeks. I mean, with this cold weather now, we're going to get a lot of snotty noses in our kids. And a snotty nose does it definitely mean you need to stay at home. But as I said, you've got to go through the proper screening tools and follow the proper rules and regulations set out by wherever you're going to. Is the screening that we're doing in terms of temperature still uh, effective, useful? So it's a, it's a tough question. I think it's one of the only means we've got at the moment, and especially now going into our winter season, 
you know, with people who are going to be infected with these other types of respiratory viruses, I think it's quite important to have these screenings still and still do the temperatures. So we know if something's brewing, we can keep people at home. So it's not the ideal, but it is a necessary evil to try and help us. We don't always pick it up. A lot of the time, people don't present at that point in time. You know, these temperature machines pick up a temperature of 33.9 and think you're actually dying of hypothermia rather than actually having a virus. Yeah, I'm a cold hearted uh, person because I don't get over 34. Never. Yeah. yeah we, what are we talking about now? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, we got we to we just basically just keep a watch and keep the screening tools going, especially now going into our winter months. Right. Okay. And uh, Mark says, please, can you discuss this fist pumping that everybody's doing? Surely it's the same as handshaking. If yes, somehow we need to discourage everybody from fist pumping. You can greet your mates by saying hello. Many thanks. That's from Mark. And another Mark responded to me saying, oi, I think I fist pumped that Mark earlier today. Okay, All so right. look, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's pretty, excuse the fish, it's doff to fist pump. I mean, it's the same thing as shaking somebody's hand. You're touching the same surfaces. Just, I, I mean, I don't want to be difficult. It's, it's definitely not French. It's definitely, in the free state, as you can see, and it, I don't it, think... It is an Anglican word. It's a very, very, oh, very Anglican word. Yeah. You know, doff. Right. Very right. doff. So right. I think it's doff to fist pump. Okay, let me just put that on record. Doff. Okay? Because at the same time, you're touching your somebody's hand. You're pumping their hands. The virus the sits here. The virus okay sits here. Look, the elbow thing is 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 better, but I'd prefer not to do anything. You don't have to touch people. I know we're a society that we believe we have to, but we've shown over the last year, in fact, we're over 400 days of lockdown now. Surely your, your habits have changed enough in over 400 days of lockdown that you can discern that you don't have to fist pump people and you don't have to give them your elbow. I mean, you're going to push your elbow and then you're going to go sneeze into your arm. It makes no sense. So you sneeze into that arm to actually pass on the thing and then you touch somebody and then they go and touch their faces. So it's ideal not to do any of that. And especially, as I said, going now into our snotty, sneezy season, it's better to refrain yeah, from all tough. of that. So I have to agree with Mark, refrain from fist pumping. All right. So um, uh, Norit wants to know, I've got a friend who wants to celebrate the 44th birthday. Um, no, I think you can get sued uh, for defamation should, of character for that. You know, I, I think you should no, make you sure you have a character wise on your side. But can we carry on, please? <laughs> um, should somebody be having a birthday party at the moment as we head into the third wave? Sure. Look, you know, it, it depends. Okay. I hear, I'm know, hearing a no. I, I'm going to say no, but I'm saying if you are having one, like have a small thing, like have less than 10 people if possible, you know, make sure everyone's socially distanced, make sure people are wearing masks, you know, especially now that it's getting cold, all these things are going to have to be moved indoors. It becomes problematic and, and it depends certain birthday parties the alcohol comes out you know and then people really lose all inhibition so if you're going to have something keep it small keep it at about 10 people and if you are doing it doing it outside keep everybody a meter and a half away if they are going to be eats together with it and you know just try try be aware of the fact that we we're going into a dangerous time again and, and not to be a doomsday or not be a, be a catastrophizer, but the reality is there. We're seeing the numbers going up in the smaller provinces. We're seeing the numbers going up in the Northern Cape, which is actually different to the second wave where we saw the numbers going up in the Western Cape and Eastern Cape first. So now we're seeing a different shift and we're not sure why that's happening, but we are sure that the numbers are going up and we're going and on, on a tangent now that can only lead to, to bad things. So just be careful. 
Right. A lot of people are registering for the vaccine here in South Africa. They're over 60s, over 50s um, with, with some of the medical aids. Uh, they are starting to list the comorbidities. Lisa wants to know, a person with clotting problems um, and is on chronic meds, is that regarded as a comorbidity? So a clotting problem is not regarded as a major comorbidity. It is regarded as, as an illness but it doesn't mean that you're at a higher risk to get COVID-19. Just don't, to remember that, as you said earlier, that 165,000 people per million people do get clots mm -hmm. with COVID. But if you've got a clotting abnormality, the majority of people with clotting abnormalities are already on blood thinning medications, such as warfarin or Zarelta or other types. So they've got a different added sort of layer of protection. And then it goes into the next question. You can ask, well, should people be taking aspirin or Ecotrin? And the answer is no. It's not a prophylactic yes. medication uh, which we're advising people to take to try and prevent any clotting or to try and prevent any problems related to this. Shelley wants to know, if someone has had COVID and they've been in contact with someone who is positive, can they still spread it? Do they need to still go into quarantine? I think that's a very interesting question. I think an important one. Well, well it is a good question. And I'll tell you why. We've got to sort of differentiate between United States and South Africa. In the United mm. States, more than 50 million people have been vaccinated. The CDC right. have come out with the rules that if you've been vaccinated, you can go outside into, into areas and not wear a mask. But if you go indoors into areas, you have to wear a mask if there's social places and that type of thing. We've only had 318,000 people vaccinated here. It's not nearly enough to cause any type of herd immunity or enough of any immunity to protect people from getting the virus. So if you have been vaccinated, and you do come into contact, we still don't know. And that's why I said we're still naive in our, in our understanding. We still mm. don't know if you can transfer the virus to other people, if you are a carrier of the virus, even though you've been vaccinated. So you've still got to follow the rules and you've still got to quarantine for 10 days. Okay. Is there good news as we head towards a possible third waves? Please tell me there is. So there, there is good news. Uh, we, as you said, the vaccinations are back on track. Our kids have started school sports. And once again, as I say, not to be catastrophic or to be the doom um, people, people of doom, but the, the reality is there. Our kids are doing so well at school. We want to keep them at school. We want to keep them in sports. We need to play ball. We need to wear masks. We need to social distance. We really need to know that now is the time to stand up and be counted. Now is the time to be responsible. And the most important news is today is the clash of the Titans today. Um, come on, you Reds. Let's beat the, the Manx and make them walk alone. Unfortunately, and, and I say this really as a big unfortunate thing, when we beat Man United today, this will sadly relinquish our title to the best team in Manchester. It is what it is. And to quote, if you hang out with chickens, you're going to cluck. If you hang out with eagles, you're going to fly. Be safe, be well, look after yourselves, protect yourselves, and let's try and, try and dampen our third wave. I'm Howard Feldman. This has been the Sunday Synthesis Podcast with me, Howard Feldman, Dr. Anton Meyerberg, talking about COVID, answering your questions. Please be safe. Subscribe to the uh, to our YouTube channel and uh, send us your questions as and when they occur to you. Have a great one. Have a great week. Be safe and God bless.